Welcome to Heating Up, a podcast about climate change, our dangerous future, and what you can do about it. Christmas edition. Yeah. We're not dead. <laughs> no. We're I back. I know you were worried we didn't survive. It has been a while. Yikes. Listen, yeah. I could come up with a good baker's dozen excuses <laughs> as to why it has taken us so long to we're release another episode. There's actually still one in the can. Sorry, Cousin Tony. But... You didn't actually cause the end of our podcast. <laughs> no. This is not that episode. No. This is a special Christmas edition. It's a Christmas miracle is what it is. That We're is back. <laughs> coming back. You're welcome. Yep. Just because you couldn't get enough of it. We had too many requests. Where's the pod? You know. Basically from family. Yeah. yeah. So, Corinne, it's been like two months. Not quite. Something like that. Oh, before we should say welcome any new, new new listeners who have caught up on the podcast in the last two months. Yeah, welcome. This is uh, the third best Sacramento-based yeah. climate change podcast. That's us. Preparedness. I don't know. In the intervening months, maybe a couple of more have shot up. Perhaps. I- I'm Corinne. I'm Derek. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. Yeah. So, welcome. What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Definitely not recording this podcast. <laughs> Besides that. Uh, busy getting Christmas stuff taken care of. Mm-hmm. Got the tree up. Yeah, I did see, see that. You made it. I've uh, got it up this week. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah, we're really in the Christmas spirit around here. You've got a tree in your house? I do. A little mini one. Do you? Yeah. All right. It's been up for weeks. For you and your cats. I don't have any cats. Thank okay, you very much sure. for me. Yeah, okay. I put all the Christmas presents that I bring here on Christmas under under your own tree. That's maybe even sadder. It makes it look Christmassy in there. I love wrapping presents. That's so true. That's part of it. Other than that, uh, I saw Star Wars. And you loved it. I cover my uh, disappointing review of Star Wars on my other podcast. <laughs> disappointing reviews of Star Wars today. Okay, that's it for you. What uh, about you, Auntie? You do anything fun, and exciting for Thanksgiving or Christmas or I anything? I have been working. Uh, no, nothing too exciting. As long as we're our, our movie reviews, I saw Togo. Okay, that's what uh, a Disney Plus movie. Disney Plus movie. Uh, now you're totally getting Disney Plus legally. Actually, yes. Okay. Uh, well, okay. it's being paid for. <laughs> it's being paid for. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Who are you, the feds? Yeah. Get well, out of who's here. asking? Uh, it's pretty good. You know, I actually saw the, a movie. It wasn't Disney way back in the 90s called Balto. And then I realized what lies I was told. First uh, off, dog's name is Togo, not Balto. Yes, I know. But Balto is what became famous. I know. I'm saying that of the many lies. Oh, we were I told. thought you were telling me. I was like, that's, yeah, that's I know. That's what I'm Spoiler telling alert. you. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Balto. I mean, he ran like 31 miles, which is pretty good. But like uh, he wasn't Togo. So uh, it was very good. Makes me look look at your dogs with a little less respect. Um, yeah, I have some lazy good for nothing mutts over there. Yes, you do. Um, they couldn't pull a sled worth a damn. Not even, not even at all. Uh, anyway, so that was very good. I've been baking, uh, making cookie dough basically, so I can cook it the night before for Christmas. Been watching the new season and nailed it. No, I hate that show. You hate that? I hate, hate that show. It? Why? It's terrible. What do you like about it? Uh. I like that other people are failing at things. <laughs> I like that it's a that it's a celebration of failure. I hate it. I am a British bake bake off kind of gal. It's like the antithesis of that. <laughs> Look at these failures. I can do that. I can fail. I do it all the time. Exactly. I don't need to watch someone else do it. Okay. Not well, for me. Been watching The Mandalorian? No. We also cover that on my disappointing Star Wars reviews. Is it as disappointing as the movie? Everyone seems to love it. I think they really get into the whole Baby Yoda thing. Is it even Baby Yoda? It's a ba- it's a baby of the of same the, Yoda species. That's what I thought. May or may not be a clone of Yoda, 
But we don't have to get into that. Okay, we good. Thank There's God. a lot of theories out a there. A lot of theories. Have you been watching your Christmas movies? What Christmas movies? All Christmas movies. It's the season. No, I haven't seen a single Christmas movie this year. What? I've, I've already watched my favorites. I've watched um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay. I've seen uh, The Santa Claus. That's a good one. Um, I have not seen Elf, but I have seen A Christmas Story. I'm not going to watch any of those. I so don't get into Christmas. I don't know. Grinch. I guess. Grinch over here. Getting really into Solstice. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to get into. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's real. That's what you said. That's what I said. At least it's real. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. I like the idea of celebrating solstice. I don't know. I'm not a... I mean, I lost my religion a while back. <laughs> I would like to maybe be more like in tune with the earth and be into solstice. It's just hard when you work nine to five and you don't really you feel don't connected. Work when you work four to noon. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. When you... like. I don't really, I get, maybe that's my problem is I just don't feel that sort of connection to the living world that I should. I, I think the same with me. I, the, like a couple years ago when we were running more, I felt a little bit more connected to like the earth because I was actually outside during daylight hours and I could see like, oh, that plant wasn't there this week or this plant's dying off. And it was just like noticing the actual plants around me and how what was going on i could feel the seasons actually changing as instead of just going to and from work and sometimes it's raining yeah um, but yeah it's i i think oh that's we should probably say on our podcast what i'm gonna run a half marathon are you in one year all right yes i'm gonna try and do the full marathon are I'm gonna you trying to do the cim are yeah, you gonna admit thing. it i thought you were trying to keep it a secret uh nobody listens to this okay <laughs> it's safe here so, <laughs> all 12 people i'm gonna run a half marathon in one year I'm going to probably do the full CIM. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so going to try and do the 10K December. at the Zoo Zoom in a couple months. That's my goal. Short, short-term short goal. I mean, I ran a 5K yesterday. Was not my fastest 5K, but I did it. Yeah. So I feel like the full marathon in a year is probably doable. It is. Of course, a year to get to a marathon is pretty normal. Go watch Brittany Runs a Marathon. Inspiring. All right. That's what yeah. I'll do. I'll sit on a couch and watch a movie to help me run a marathon. Can, feels like it feels like that's backwards, but well, okay. when you're going to bed, you know, you know, when you All can't right. be running. Anyways, Corinne. Yes, back to it. So for this episode, kind of easing our way back into it, Corinne, mm -hmm. I've got a little bit of news. Mm -hmm. uh, the news is not bad. Really just dipping our toes into some of the climate Can I already news. see Australia's on the list? Well, we're going to have to talk about <laughs> Australia. All right. And then we've got a topic to talk about. Not necessarily prepping, but more Christmas related. Hmm. Uh, so we'll get into that. Do you want me to spill it or do you want to wait until it's that time? Wait, I want to be All surprised. Right. Christmas So gift. news time then, unless you've got something else you want to cover. No, nothing else. Oh, we should say, since we didn't say this as well in the beginning, if you do enjoy our podcast or you like what we're doing here, like, subscribe, uh, email us. Write a review. Write a review. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Always. All right. So news portion. Ready. Cue news music. Yep. So as you mentioned, Australia, right off the top, we're going to talk about Australia. Yeah. It it's feels their like summer, right? It is their summer. It's the opposite. It's mm -hmm. uh, the upside down down there. So <laughs> right. Basically, just down as dangerous. Uh, well, uh, they are in the middle of fire season, and I feel like every single time we've done this podcast, we've had to talk about fires in Australia. I don't think they not they don't have a fire we season. We should count the amount of episodes we've had and how many times we've talked about fires in Australia. It does feel like a one-for-one one sort of thing yeah. here. Very high. Mm -hmm. But that is, uh, this time it's really on fire. Okay. <laughs> like, for real. Like, for realsies. 
weeks of extreme heat may have peaked this week when Australia had its hottest day ever recorded, only to have that record broken the very next day. God. Horrible. Uh, which I am laughing inappropriately at. But yeah, very, very hot. Uh, this extreme month-long heat wave is just the cherry on top of years of epic drought, which has seen vast swaths of the country turn into tinderboxes. Uh, add to that some very strong winds this month, and what we have are ideal conditions for the hundreds of brush fires that are all over the country. Like, prime forests in Tasmania have burned down. There are forests outside of like every major city in Australia. Um, including uh, heavily in the state of New South Wales. Uh, fires threaten the 5 million residents of Sydney, which has been cloaked in terrible black smoke for a little while now. They've destroyed hundreds of homes and almost 3 million acres of bushland, threatening the habitat of countless wildlife. I don't know if you saw the videos of like the koalas yeah, trying to flee the fire. I didn't watch the video, but I heard about it. Yeah, real depressing stuff. Yeah. One fire in the state of Victoria has reportedly become large enough to generate its own weather. And fire season is really just beginning. So whatever used to be fire season in Australia is only just starting now. Mm-hmm. feel like they've got to expand fire season down there. It's uh, fire year. Fire year. Fire all the time. Fire, fire island is what we're... <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Australian Prime Minister is in trouble uh, this week for doing what really any sensible rich person would have done. Bought his own firefighters? It's left the country. Ah. The Prime Minister of Australia saw all the fires everywhere and decided this was a great time to take a family vacation to Hawaii. Oh, Yowzers. <laughs> and he was there and who was only shamed to coming back after two volunteer firefighters lost their lives in this week of brutal heat and just kind of ratcheting up of everything. Oh, so bad. he has apologized and been forced back to Fire Island. Wow. Well, okay, okay. Interesting. I mean, I feel like if I was in Australia, the smart move would be to leave. But but I'm also not the prime minister of Australia. Right. I feel like maybe that guy should be sticking it's a around. Bad look. Yeah. You know. Not a great look. Uh, yikes. Yeah. So Australia is on fire. It is not good. But that's really our only climate disaster story of this one. We're gonna keep it light for the holidays. Pretty bad, but still. The next one, Corinne, is mm-hmm. kind of an end of year thing. I don't know if you saw this, but. End of the year, everybody publishes all sorts of best of the year lists or, you know, mm-hmm. things. And one of the things they do is like word of the year, the dictionary.com and Merriam-Webster. What's the word of the year? So Merriam-Webster decided to go with the odd word they as the word of the year. Right. Which is kind of weird, but dictionary.com is more our style. Okay. And they were inspired in part by the climate crisis, the surging nationalism and fascism around the globe, mm. President Trump, and all the things we like to talk about on this podcast. And they chose the word existential. As in, this is an existential threat. Yes. As their word for the year. And then, of course, Oxford's word for the year, which is actually a phrase which they said has been used a hundred times more in 2019 than 2018. Interesting. Climate emergency. Ah, interesting. Yes. So I feel like this, you know, just. Two out of three. Yeah. The big takeaway for me is that our show is really just right on the zeitgeist. We are trending. Which, well, no, that's the thing. Because our show is so on point with what everyone is thinking about or the collective unconscious of the culture, and yet we are so distinctly unpopular, I feel like this (laughs) makes us even worse. (laughs) We are that bad. Somehow we've managed to fail at this. We are on trend and still can't do it. Maybe because we don't have an Instagram. Well. (laughs) Somebody's got to get that password reset. Oh, we're working on it. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so that's that story. Interesting. Ready for the next one? Yes. Big weeks in politics recently, Karen. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you may or may not have heard. <sighs> President Trump has been impeached. Oh, thank God. We're free. Yeah, he's probably packing up right now. That's how that works, uh, right? I'm not sure exactly when AOC and the rest of the squad are moving into the White House. <laughs> But my understanding is very soon, right? That's how this whole thing works. That's basically what MSNBC told me. I mean, they said he was... Okay. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Uh, If you are new to the podcast, we are not so... uh, We're not optimistic. No. Um, We did, though, have another Democratic debate. Uh, Since we last talked, uh, didn't Beto get kicked out? Honestly, Derek, I haven't paid any attention. Well, we had a debate. You didn't watch the debate? I haven't watched any of them because it's embarrassing. Like most of the debates, climate change was mentioned and then dismissed very quickly. Although there was maybe a little bit more in this most recent debate about climate change. Um, Most of the candidates avoided the tough questions, including a question about whether governments should relocate people from cities hit hardest by these climate emergencies like Miami or Paradise. Buttigieg tiptoed around that question, though he noted that he lives near a river that in the past two years has swelled with two 2,000-year floods. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar called climate change an existential crisis, throwing that word back in, Uh and suggested only individual homes, not entire cities, would need to be moved. While in reality, entire towns in Australia are already trying to relocate. So, or uh, capitals yeah. in India, right? Wasn't that uh, Indonesia? Uh, yeah, and there are already discussions about moving entire towns in places like Florida, Louisiana, and California. Former Vice President Joe Biden turned the question of relocation into one of rebuilding, saying the new infrastructure needs stronger standards for resiliency. So we're going with the rebuild New Orleans Yeah, route. that's uh, Biden's line. And then Bernie Sanders rejected the question entirely. Interesting. Yeah, he said that scientists have underestimated the rate of climate change, and it's not an issue of relocating towns. The issue is now whether, quote, we save the planet for our children and our grandchildren. So he avoided the question. Kind of, yeah. Uh, Tech entrepreneur Andrew Yang, whose climate platform includes a plank titled Move to Higher Ground, was, to his credit, the only candidate to give a direct answer to that question, (laughs) saying we should obviously be paying to relocate Americans away from places hit by climate change, and that the rich have already moved away from these places, and that the only reason other people haven't is because they don't have money to do so. Good point, Yang. Yeah. Uh, Yang uh, is a bit of a straight talker. I'm going to give a shout out to Tony. Uh, Yang is climbing up my ranks of I, democratic he failures. He said something the other day, uh, I don't know if I should mention here, so it would be an unpopular opinion, but I saw a quote from him or where he was talking about legalization, legalizing prostitution. Uh, and he mentioned, uh, until I see facts about uh, that this isn't going to be uh, something that will largely exploit women of color or low income, then I'm not going to say yes to that. Yeah, Yang seems to be one of the few people that talks about, like, modern issues in more, you know, direct ways. I don't know. I've, I've, I've appreciated him on the You might want to cut trip. out the prostitution page, but nobody agrees with me in the left. We'll see. <laughs> but as much as they didn't like talking about climate policy, Karen, mm-hmm. it does appear you can get Bernie Sanders to talk more about the climate if you ask him questions about race. When asked a question about the declining diversity of the debate field, so as people are dropping out, the debate field is getting it's older wider. and wider and more male. <laughs> yeah. And so... People, they were asked the question, be like, what do you think about that? Like, as we've narrowed this field down, uh, Bernie Sanders started the answer to that question by ignoring the question, saying, I want to get back to the issue of climate change. <laughs> uh, the moderator uh, cut him off, though, quickly and told him to answer the race question. And then he mumbled something about how climate change affects people of race disproportionately. Oh, but man, yeah, Bernie. don't worry about that, Bernie bros. He's doing great. Yeah. 
Uh, really, my key takeaways from the, like, the last two months of politics are that, number one, we're probably more likely to see Donald Trump seek a third term as president um, than any one in this Democratic field beat him in 2020. That is what I, yes. And then number two, like I said before, I think Andrew Yang is maybe my second favorite candidate right at this moment. I don't know. Maybe it's he, ironic. I don't he's, know. He's inching his way up to Warren for me. Uh, Warren is still, in my mind, miles ahead. But like inching of the, the crowd of idiots that Who's are running Who's winning for right now? Is it Warren? Biden. Still, don't I tell thought, a Bernie bro, no, but Biden is Biden, still Biden lost a bunch a couple weeks back. I don't know anymore. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Trump is winning. This I know. So, all right. No more uh, politics this week, I guess. Merry Christmas. It'll take a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Believe me, there isn't one. Uh, now we've got some good fun stories for you, Corinne. Do That's we? basically the end of the bad news. Okay. Well, we've got two more stories. We've got one about a town besieged by animal attacks. And we've got another one about a warning about a dire future of animal attacks. Which These one do you want first? Don't sound like good news. <laughs> Which one do you want first? Uh, whichever you Town prefer. under siege or Tennessee cop issues warning about meth alligators? Meth alligators yeah. first. Okay. Yeah. So this one was making the rounds on the internet this week. A police department in Loretto, Tennessee is asking residents to refrain from flushing drugs such as methamphetamine <laughs> down the toilet to prevent meth gators. This is in Florida? Thought maybe. <laughs> <laughs> in a Facebook post, the Loretto Police Department wrote that on Saturday, officers executed a search warrant on a home and discovered the occupant trying to flush meth and drug paraphernalia down his toilet. Although the suspect was unsuccessful, the officers used the incident to remind residents of the harm drugs can cause for the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, don't flush your drugs, they say. Our sewer guys take great pride in releasing water that is cleaner than what's in the creek. But they are not really prepared for meth, they said. <laughs> Ducks, geese, and other fowl frequent our treatment ponds, and we shudder to think of all those hype animals hyped up on meth would do. Now, here's the thing. Don't, yeah, don't flush your drugs because of the animals. But also, are they maybe just trying to catch people with drugs? I think there's that. <laughs> but it is absolutely true yeah. that all of our chemicals and pharmaceuticals are making their way into the water supply. So a recent sur uh, scientific survey in the United Kingdom found that literally every fish they caught in the rivers had cocaine in its system. Yeah. And they, They're they, partying it's, hard. It's been well known that like rivers that run through major cities like the Hudson or the Thames in London are just full of coked up fish. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, all of your pharmaceuticals, because you, even if you don't flush the drugs directly, it comes out in your urine and right. whatever else. So, and it gets into the water supply and the fish absorb it and the, on the, the amphibians or whatever, anything living in that water is going to get it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it makes sense that it's in there. Yeah. But they were so shocked to find it like in rural areas and all over the place. But yeah, every single fish had cocaine in its system. Lord. Yeah. So meth gators is a legitimate concern, That's I guess. That's scary. I don't want to run into a meth gator. No, nobody does. Another reason to stay out of Florida. Yeah. And Although, it wasn't even Florida. due to climate change, Florida's coming to you. <laughs> so. California, the new Florida. Yeah. Oh, my. Well, speaking of uh, invasive animals, I just saw this one. I didn't even write it down. But there was this giant hornet, this, like, Chinese or Japanese hornet mm -hmm. that they found one. It's, like, a solitary thing, but it's huge. It's, like, three inches long. Ew. They found it in Washington State. <laughs> so they're thinking that perhaps the climate has changed enough that these things are now an invasive species there. Mm -mm. And that's going to be all bad. The new Australia. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, yep, yep. Merry Christmas. Great. All right, now for the town under siege story. Mm -hmm. 
if we can't go to Florida or Tennessee or California or Washington because of the Hornets, we do also have to avoid the state of Maine, apparently. Maine? Maine, yeah. I thought it was a good place. Well, a town in Maine is under siege from rabid foxes. Hmm. The fox, a fox attacked three men in one morning earlier this month. Only men? Yeah, this one. But good there were other, There were other... <laughs> There have been at least seven reported attacks by foxes on people in the city so far this year, and 15 wild animals have tested posi- positive for rabies. Statewide, 95 wild animals tested positive, according to the Maine Center for Disease Control. So last Monday, the first man was walking to work at around 6.45 a.m. when a fox bit his pant leg, according to the animal control in Bath, uh, which is the name of the town, Bath. Mm. Uh, later Monday morning, the fox tried to bite a second man working in his yard near where the first attack happened. The animal nipped the man's legs, but he fought it off with a stick, according <laughs> to the report. He was treated for rabies exposure at a local hospital. Four or five officers searched for the fox, which was believed to be rabid. Bath Deputy Chief uh, Andrew Booth said that officers tried to notify neighbors about the fox. The fox was also spotted attacking garbage bins. <laughs> it's a teeny tiny animal that's running around, and you don't know where it went, and you know something's wrong with it, the officer said. At around 1 in the afternoon, there was a report of a fox trying to bite a man outside of his house near the area where the previous sightings. The police came, found it, and shot it. Mm. So, yeah, foxes attacking this town. Foxes, so cute. And uh, apparently rabid. Rabid. And besieging the town. You know what? I've never seen Old Yeller. Okay. That's he, He's a rabid dog, right? He became rabid. Is that what happened to Old Yeller? It's been a long time since I saw that. Maybe it's not. Maybe he just died from old age. Maybe I'm getting that confused with To Kill a Mockingbird. I don't there know. There was a rabid dog in that. I one. barely remember Old Yeller. It was boring as shit. It's I, not worth it. I Yeah, everyone talks about it as their like, crying movie, but I've never seen it. I get it. I had to kill a dog. Rabbit um, animals. California woman punched a mountain lion, Corinne. But I'm not sh- What were the circumstances? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> so the woman who lives in Simi Valley, opened the door of her backyard to let her 10-year-old miniature schnauzer, Pumbaa, outside at around 2 a.m. Pumbaa. A couple of questions here. Yeah, first off, who gets up to let their dog out at 2 in the morning? But anyways. Maybe it's got diarrhea. That's a dog you need to put down if it's going to get up every morning at 2 in the morning. Sorry. That's mean. We lost another. Sorry, (laughs) animal rights. Oh, uh, poor Pumbaa, however, decided to run out into the backyard well, a freaking mountain lion was out there. Well, he's a goner. Yeah. So the small dog charged at the big cat, which what? is a bad move. That is a really uh, low The cat then decided this was going to make a great snack. Comes right to him. <laughs> he's and, like, oh, it's coming to me. Easy. Yeah. Uh, and snatched it up. The petrified owner, though, then jumped into action. Uh, she jumped on top of the lion and tried to pry the mountain lion's jaws open to save her dog. Wow. Uh, she loved that dog like a child. This was according to her brother, who spoke to the news service. She said she was punching it and kneeing it in the head, uh, and it just wouldn't let go. The mountain lion growled at her then and prompted her to run back inside, which is probably her Prompted her to do? Like, get, give her a head nod? Get back to her. Basically, uh, once the mountain lion was done with the dog, it decided to turn its attentions to the really, I guess, ineffectual actions of the lady. Listen, if there's a mountain lion attacking either of your pets, whom I do like, uh, sorry. Yeah. The same cougar is believed to have attacked another dog, a Havanese named Sammy, about four hours earlier. So Sammy's owner also attacked the mountain lion. What? Yeah. Uh, Michael Chang told the station that he was taking his eight-year-old pup for a walk when the cat attacked. And this would, if, if it's four hours earlier, this would have been around... 10 at night taking the dog for a walk i guess that's a little odd 
But either way, he said he threw his jacket over the animal's head and pummeled it to get it to drop the pet, which it eventually did. Uh, but that didn't stop the mountain lion from later returning to the house and trying to enter through the doggy door. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's wild. I mean, I guess. Going through the dog door? I mean, there are all these videos you see of, like, a mountain lion that makes its way into somebody's house or, like, bears that open a door and come in if you live in the woods. But these are, this is in Simi Valley. This is Southern California and that, like, corridor of mountains where the mountain lions live. Yeah, mountain lions scare me. I mean... They're an I mean, impressive I've a, killing machine. Spent a decent amount of time in the Sierras and never seen a mountain lion. Uh, they've seen you, I'm sure. I'm sure, but I've never seen them. I'm not used to do a bit more hiking in the backcountry and the, you know, the high Sierras would and stuff. I would literally soil myself if I saw a mountain lion, like in the wild. I would be like, I'm dead. <laughs> this is it for me. That's it for me. I mean, I'd be like, oh shit, am I supposed to be pretend to be dead or pretend to be huge? And I'd do the wrong one. Yeah. I think it's pretend to be huge with the mountain lion. Anywho, that is basically all I have for news, Corinne. Great. A couple of animal attacks. Not hitting, bad. Uh, hitting the classic. Uh... Not bad. Yeah, not a terrible news day. Time to do our uh, prepper bit for Let's the week. Let's hear it. We don't really have any prep for this week. <laughs> we do, however, have like a, a segment, I guess, that's related to our special Christmas episode. Okay. It's how to talk to the family about climate change. Oh, are we going to try this? I don't know if we're going to try it. <laughs> I doubt it. But you could at home. Maybe you're feeling more bold than we are. Okay. Listeners, dear listeners, <laughs> maybe this is something you want to do. So there are these guides. I, the reason I brought this up is because I saw one around Thanksgiving that was like, how to talk to your family about the climate emergency. And I was like, that seems like a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we get our big family together. We have like 20 people for our holidays. Mm-hmm. And... We're not a family that gets into, like, knockdown, drag-out fights. And no. we've always discussed religion and politics and things like that in a way that some people don't like. Like, we've had guests over. Some people just do not want to talk about that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. won't talk about it with anyone. Our family gatherings have generally been open with these sort of things where we make fun of one another, but we get our points across, and then we all kind of agree to disagree at the end. I have noticed in the Trump era... We've walked a bit more on glass. There's been a lot less. I feel like the stakes are maybe higher, and so uh, nobody wants to really get the knives out, you know? Uh, I'd say we still touch on it. But I do feel like it's become a little bit more touchy in our it family has, to talk about politics than we it has in years past. Do we, we still do it. We still do it. But I think we wear the gloves now. I think everybody's a little more delicate because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, our family has definitely f- fractured into some weird camps. Well, it's interesting because our family is was... From its base, our grandfather, liberal union man, and... Sure, I think his favorite line at like his 90th birthday, he was asked to talk (laughs) about his life, and he got up and said, and I raised these kids, all of them Democrats. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, well... Because one of them is no longer... Well, two two of of them now, but at the time, one for sure was definitely not a Democrat, and he was like, well, she was when she left my house. So it's kind of this <laughs> line. I was like, I don't know what happened to her after that, but it raised she, her right. That's right. not my problem. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I guess I'm, I get mad about it because the two non-left-leaning uh, politics people are the loudest yeah. and act as if they're the majority. And I want to be like, no, 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 no. 
This we are seventh generation Californians. This group is full liberal. You two are the weirdos. All right, no pretending this has always been like this. They've gone in weird camps too. Yeah, very. Well, both one is of definitely them. religious conservative, like that. Basically, died and true religious. Yeah, to a cultish extreme. Yeah, and the other has gone into the kind of the gun nut libertarian realm. I don't know. I'm He's sure he'll explain it better. Anarchist or something. He's a weird thing, but not in a cool way. Not in a cool way. <laughs> Cool. he's like he like wants there to be guns and no like age of consent like that's what i imagine <laughs> great i'm serious we're now cutting into our family viewers we've got less family listeners yeah cut now. that out cut that out all right anyway so either way i don't know what your family situations are dear listeners but if you were interested in talking about climate change we've got some of these guidelines and i wanted to get corinne's opinion on what they let's say hear. here let's hear it all right so this one uh, says, there are some tips for talking about climate change with your the climate crisis with your family. Mm -hmm. The first one, though, I think is bullshit. It's one of those <laughs> clickbaity bullshit answers. Because okay. the first one is, number one, maybe don't. Okay. Wow. And it says, Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners may not be the best venues for these talks. And I'm like, you bitch, this is what I'm reading this for. This, like, they, I'm not... they really copped out on yeah. that one. So that's a, that's, a, that's a wrong answer. Maybe if they put that as the last one, maybe don't. <laughs> yeah. But first, I don't know. Uh, it says that talking is the most important thing we can do to try and make a difference. But arguing uh, the science with your dismissive uncle is not a, and is not helpful, basically. So, like, if you can actually talk about the issue, go ahead. But if it's just going to come into you and somebody arguing, then just skip it and eat the turkey. Uh, is there kind of advice there? But okay, fair enough. Whatever. Not going to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm right. You're wrong. You're going to learn why. That is kind of how we do it. <laughs> Uh, number two, be curious, uh, listen and ask questions. Hard, difficult. Yeah, very difficult. <laughs> Especially when it comes down to like one side is... Lying. Yeah. <laughs> Spout, this is my problem with a lot of these things. things that are not based in science or fact or... This uh, isn't even really like a social policy sort of thing. Like, because we can't even get to the policy aspect. This isn't like, what are we going to do about climate change? It's one side says, hey, there's a problem. The other side is saying, no, there's not even a problem. I think the worst part of it is the people who don't believe in climate change use anecdotal evidence that has no, nothing to do. Okay, cool. It was really snowy. Uh, that really doesn't have any basis here on the other things we're discussing. And then they just want to talk about anecdotes that don't connect to anything. Yeah. How do you argue uh, with that? Yeah, yeah, I guess you were in a snowstorm five years ago, but that doesn't mean climate change isn't real. Yeah. Number three, Karen, this is going to be a difficult one for us. Mm. Avoid contentious language that might shut down the conversation. <laughs> no, no, no. We like to make them feel stupid. Yeah, that's the whole point of talking about it, I thought. We're, both sides are trying to make the other one feel bad about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Experts suggest that depending on your audience, you may want to avoid using words such as crisis, emergency, movement, or revolution. Definitely And I'm not. like, man, if I can't say revolution, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about at Christmas. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> they also tune us out because they just can't even hear it anymore. No. Uh, this goes right into the next one, which is know your audience. Uh, with conservatives, talk about safety and security for the next generation. With progressives, talk about change and opportunity. Okay, safety and security to them is keeping children in cages. <laughs> like, like, I think their this is idea problem. of safety There's and security so little... is very different. Yeah, keep the Mexicans out, right? That's what they think. Yeah, they can get right behind the eco-fascism. Yeah. 
Yeah, climate change is coming. Lock up the Mexicans. That's all they want. That's the idea. Or, oh, Jesus, this is not going great. We should not air this segment. <laughs> Our family will listen to this, and we have to see them that day. <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen to it before Christmas, or we're going to have some climate change conversations. There are a want. couple. We should cut some of this out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We have to. We'll cut some of it out. Uh, number five, tell stories. You were just talking about I anecdotes. I hate anecdotes. Uh, people relate to other people more than they relate to facts. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> my problem. This is a stupid <laughs> article. They relate to anecdotes, which are nothing, than they do to facts. Uh, tell the stories of those impacts by, or of those impacted by the climate crisis. Pull from reporting you've read or talk about people you know. If you personally have been affected by climate change and losing a home or suffering from heat waves, for example, tell your own story. No. This, who wrote this? This is advice. This is, I've got like three or four articles, and they're all basically the same. Anecdotal advice. Are they serious? Yeah. Number six, emphasize solutions to climate impacts instead of climate change itself. Oh, okay. What are the solutions? Is it the one where we throw up a bunch of dust in the air, or what solutions? I don't know. Because they're not going to agree with the total shutdown of civilization, Derek. That's not going to be a smooth transition. But here's the thing. You can't really talk about solutions until you agree there's even a problem. Right? Like the and like the agreeing to the level of the solu- of the problem is also part of what the level of the solution is, right? Like if we think that there might be a little bit of a problem, then our solution be like, Yeah, we really need to take those recycling cans seriously, guys. Thank God they made that change with the plastic bags. Exactly, right? Which they're already mad about. They're already mad about it. Yeah. Meanwhile, like we said earlier, like whole cities are being swept under the ocean. So like we have to agree to the scale of the no, crisis. I'm so. going to continue with my facts, facts-based patronizing yeah, that, way to talk to my family. Speaking of patronizing, Karen, that's point number seven. Final I'm point on this one. I'm going to be patronizing. Don't make people feel stupid. Well, then that don't That is the whole point stupid. of arguing. The thing is, our family, <laughs> our family. they are intelligent. So when they are willfully ignorant, I feel like being patronizing. Yeah, well, the social science and the psychological research show that people aren't really persuaded by facts, logic, or reason. Most of us are persuaded by emotion. Which is why not helpful. <laughs> not helpful. I just I, I read this list, Corinne, and I knew you would hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> so that is my little Thank you very much. Appreciate it. At least I didn't do one that had a... Uh, Eight-letter acronym for you. <laughs> what was the acronym? Real Talk. Oh, no. You want to hear it? Yeah, you do. Just a little bit. All right. R, respect your conversational partner. Can't. Two, or E. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Two. <laughs> B. Whoops. E, enjoy it. A. I will enjoy it. That's true. Ask questions. Never. L, listen nope. and show you've heard. Absolutely not. T, tell your story. Yes, I will do that. A, Action makes it easier. I don't know what exactly mm. what that means. I think that means, like, come up with solutions. Okay. L again. Learn from your conversational partner. No. And K. Uh, keep going and keep connected. Mm. Like, don't end the conversation. Yeah. I had to unfollow one of our family members on Facebook, Ooh. so I am unconnected. Not unfriend. Unfollow. Sure. The coward's way out. <sighs> yes. I say that knowing full well that I've probably got like a thousand people who have unfollowed my communist you propaganda. You are the most <laughs> unfollowed person. Um, <sighs> All right, Corinne. The other thing we could do is, is uh, prepper resolutions. 2020 coming up. 
I mean, let's be honest, we're probably not going to record again before the end of the year. <laughs> There's not that many opportunities, to be fair. So 2020, on My the horizon. My whole goal was to make a half marathon by the end of the year. Sure, but now you can expand to some prepping-related uh, resolutions, Okay, right? I would like to get my car emergency ready. All right. What does that require? Just, I don't know exactly. I guess to, because I have nothing in my car. Okay. So get a car kit. Get a car kit. All right. I think I'm going to, this year, get my rainwater collection going. Wow. I have the buckets. They've been sitting in my backyard <laughs> for, for about like a year. year. <laughs> I just haven't actually like attached them yeah. to my gutters or anything. Yeah. So I should do that. You should do that. Probably before it stops raining. Probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, I am getting a prepper-related white elephant gift out. Are you? Yeah, nice. my white elephant is prepper-related. That's good. Yeah. So, I got you a prepper-related gift. Oh, great. It's a knife. What? <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that. <laughs> you can never have enough knives, right? Yeah, that's your that's your motto. You've got that tattooed that's on your, your arm. That's your motto. <laughs> in the shape of a knife. Uh, but yeah, I did buy a, a preparedness gift. For the white elephant? Mm-hmm. I did not. You didn't. I'm no. surprised. They're going to think it's from you. Um, any other prepper plans for the year? we got a whole year, lots of stuff we could do. Mm, I think I should get more food ready. Get more food ready. I'm going to try and get my garden going again. Yeah, that it's... yard is already feral. You might as well make it well do something. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about my struggles with the garden, I think, on this <laughs> podcast before. I do get it going on occasions. And yes, then, he does. So what I've got to really do is scale it back. Be like less ambitious. Less ambitious with the garden. And try grow and two keep things. It, like rather than grow something, because I can grow something out there. Think, we live in California it's where very it's easy. very easy to grow something. It's hard for me to sustain it and like turn over the crop. So like mm-hmm. when it's done to get it out and put something else in place, I just kind of let it go to pasture. Let the chickens eat it. Yeah. Can't do that. Got to Got to actually like. Maybe just grow two things. a year-long garden. Yeah, no, that's the plan. Two things at all times is the idea. All right, what's next for you there, Corinne? Uh, I already told you I was going to get my food, food yeah, now you gotta and get my another car. Another, how, many, how many of these We're gonna keep going. supposed to do? we got like 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I've got nothing else. That's it? That's By the end of 2020, you're going to say, all right, I got a box in my car, and I got some cans of beans. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. <laughs> This is the Toyota Camry all over again. (laughs) So, yeah. No, those are my goals. I think that's a pretty good goal. Don't give me too much and I'll just give up and say that's unobtainable. I won't do it at all. Like a real hero. Yes. Much like Togo. Yeah. Yeah, he saw those hundreds of miles and said... 264 "Ah." miles. Uh, Too much. Over a a frozen lake that was cracking beside them. I saw the preview. Yeah, it looked intense. Mm -hmm. All right, so you're... 2020 resolutions, run the half marathon. Get my car, have a car kit, and more food. More food. Like, what's the what's the goal for food? Six months worth of food? Oh, my God. No. Two weeks. Two weeks is the bare minimum we talked yeah. a year ago. Yes. You still haven't done that? No. I barely got the two weeks of water. I you may have to buy change a kit, out my water. You could buy Just save a couple bucks and buy one of those I buckets. Did, the credit union did somehow just extend me $4,000 extra for no reason. You I need guess to put all of that into preparation. No. That is the most irresponsible choice. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Well, I think that's our show for this week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Survive holidays. Happy holidays with your family. Generous solstice or whatever they say. I don't know. Generous. I, I prosperous. Don't know. I feel like Christmas has got a stranglehold on Mary. 
You can't it have does. a Merry anything else. No. And when people say Happy Christmas, it it freaks me out. I'm like, what are you saying? I mean, I'm not against Happy Holidays. I get it. I get it. That's I'm fine. fine. I don't care. Happy Holidays. Uh, but, but Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas is weird. It's not right. Yeah. It's also not right that Merry can't, you can't have a Merry Fourth of July or a Merry anything else but yeah Christmas. i think you're right it is a good word it's so much it's nicer good, yeah. nicer it's cheery yeah that's what we can do this year that'll be our thing also Take back Mary. maybe i should mention i would like to change christmas to be january 25th moving forward okay why um for many reasons the first being christmas is too close to thanksgiving you know you need this more, year in particular this year in particular you need more time to get prepared and I think it would help with the Christmas creep. I think people are less likely to pull out Christmas decorations before Halloween. If would it or would it just mean we have to celebrate Christmas for an extra month? I don't think anyone's going to change their because, like, right at this point, it's basically tradition. But here, to me, it's like Thanksgiving. If once Thanksgiving's over, you can go full Christmas for two months, no competing holidays. You know what I mean? Just Christmas for two full months. And then, because really, December is just the beginning of winter, it's really not that kind of gray and miserable, and you don't, you know, but by January, it's miserable and really cold and icy in lots of places and snowy, and you really need those lights and, and, and celebration of food and gifts and stuff to cheer you up. I think January 25th is really a better day. Well, I will talk to, I don't know, who do you talk Jesus? to? Jesus? The Catholic Church? Anyway, you let them know the about my idea. This, I have yeah. a lot of really I'm good I'm sure he's points. a listener. Good uh, good friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah. Pope. Pope? Which Pope is this guy? Uh, it's Francis. That's right. Yeah. He sucks. Pope Frank, he's on it. Does, he, yeah. I hate him. They all suck. They all he love be their child the molesters. One, but he's not good. He's not good. He still likes his child molesters. Yeah. There was, they cannot when they, get over that. All right. Well, on that lovely note, Sorry, Karen, Catholics. Yeah. I think we lost you a long time ago. To be fair. Yeah. I think that's our holiday special. Extravaganza. Yeah. Um, we will see you hopefully in a week or two, but who knows at our current rate. This inconsistent. <laughs> quarterly. That's what they say you should do with your podcast. It's real inconsistent. inconsistent. Yeah. Keep them wanting more. Not planned out very well. Real <laughs> rambling. Don't get to your points. Uh, These are all top And if you fun. liked it. Yeah. <laughs> like share subscribe <laughs> write a review hopefully this has cheered up you a little bit hopefully like it's christmas day you're depressed because you have to deal with your family and we've added a little joy to your day you can talk about methed up crocodiles at the christmas table and everyone will uh, stay away from you because you're a weirdo which is everyone's goal anyway and honestly if you were listening to this podcast and you're going to talk about methed up crocodiles you deserve it fair yeah good night good night, good night.